now that it's on Vimeo, we just encourage you to get it. But I'm for real. If you miss week one, trust. That's a good one. Okay. I, I don't talk about my preaching much. I don't re-listen to it. I don't watch it. Um, except just to know what to do with Vimeo. And I work with John to try to get the just the shortest version on Vimeo possible. There's not worship. It's just the bulk of the message you'll get on Vimeo. So trust was the first week. And then we moved to love. Because once we trust, we open ourselves up to love and be loved. And the love that I focus on was really the love for yourself. You know, it says love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then love your neighbor as yourself. So it really started with yourself. So, so we moved to love. And then once you start experiencing it, now you begin to experience the harmony of love, joy, and peace once you begin to trust. So then last week, we just really had a party, preached on joy. The joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. So we are joy bombs wherever we go. This week, I was in the weight room with uh, Jeremy and Matt, and uh, I was like, hey, you guys never seen those, those grenade paintballs? You guys seen those? I was like, let's just pray that we are one of those with joy. And everywhere we go, we just splatter joy over everybody and it explodes off of us, right? So I just started talking about being a joy bomb. And uh, so anyway, uh, that's kind of where it was last week. You can catch it on video or get the CD if you need it. And then this week, we're going to finish up with peace. Um, these have been up here since Easter. I've never preached about them. They were just random words that the ladies and whoever picked. Um, so I just figured, just started praying. I was like, that's a really good series. We should just really do that. So I just felt like the foundation was trust. So I moved right to left, and uh, that's, that's how we've done it. So it's been good. Have you been enjoying the series? Yeah. Feels like I'm in a rhythm. I don't think I've ever preached four weeks in a row, ever, ever. And uh, so it's been exciting because I love to share the pulpit. That's an honor to be able to do that. Um, but anyway, a few verses uh, from the last few weeks is Isaiah 26. I'm just going to read these, and we'll go right into peace. It says, and this kind of ties it all in. These are three verses you can write down today, but they're good for today and the last three weeks. Kind of ties it all in as you see how God connects the dots of trust, love, joy, and peace. Okay? And uh, I believe Heather told us something. Heather Lambert mentioned something about when you have trust, these three are holding hands, dancing with each other. So something to that nature. I really like how that was worded, but basically they're in harmony and they're dancing. They're holding hands in complete unity with each other once we have trust as a foundation. So these verses kind of portray that. So the first one's Isaiah 26, 3, and uh, I'll switch back from NLT to NKJV. But it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. As we, the first week I talked about trust in Peter, and as he, as he trusted God, as he had faith in God, he trusted, and looked into his eyes, and he pursued him in his presence. You know, even you can paint the picture and fill in all the blanks. He rose and he walked on water. And every time his trust or his doubt or his faith would drop, all of a sudden he would sink. Because when we trust in God, we are upgraded and our stock rises in every area of our life. Amen. So cool. I see her just leaning all the way back. Better. We prayed for her neck just a few minutes ago. In a neck brace. She's, have you been able to do that for a while? No. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so then the next one is Romans 15, 13. I actually sent this to late this week um, because we've been talking and texting back and forth about joy. We ended the 28 days of joy. If you want to keep it up, keep it up. Um, because I, I love what Tiana was saying as she was doing the 28 days of joy. It's, it was this challenge basically to, to put a picture on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, some social media that, that brings you joy. 
So it's for 28 days, we were just finding things, and she was saying that it actually makes her start looking for things and not taking for granted all the things that bring her joy, because then she's got to pick the best one. Yeah. So anywhere from waking up in the morning, seeing the sunrise, seeing your kid do something cute, to just, you know, I, I said I was going to do this, I never got around to it, a toilet, right? Modern technology with toilets and running water brings me joy. Oh. And everybody around me. So anyway, Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, my cup, cup. runneth over. over. I will be a source, be a source. Through, Jesus through Jesus for hope, Joy, joy, love, love and, peace. and peace. The last one I'll, I'll read is, is Romans 14, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God, just, just say this one with me. For the kingdom of God, kingdom of God is, not is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, righteousness and, peace and peace and joy, and joy in, the Holy Spirit. in the Holy Spirit. Those three are dancing together, right? The kingdom of God is not just about the tangible things we're eating, but He is the bread of life. Yes. He is the source of hope. He is the source of love, joy, and peace, right? Amen. So now we move on to peace. And I just, I just, I love peace. I love preaching about peace. I've preached on it several times. One of my favorite messages of all time that I ever preached was talking about Caesarea Philippi, where it was actually a section of caves where Peter actually came to build his church. It was a physical location, right? We know that it was it was also, you know, inferring that Jesus is the rock, right? On this rock, I'll build my church. But it was also a physical location where they actually worshiped a God there on those rocks called Pan, P-A-N. And it was a God of fear. He was also the God of fertility, but he was the God of fear, right? So Jesus says on this rock, in this place where they've sacrificed animals, where they've had sexual immorality, and where they've worshipped fear forever, is where we're going to build our church because I am the Prince of Peace. Amen. Right? So we're putting our stake right here on this rock because Pan will no longer be the God that people are worshipping, but we, I will be the God because I am hope, I am joy, I am peace, and I am love. Yeah. Right? So I preached that message, and it's awesome. And today I'm just going to tie a little bit of it in. So let's just, let's just start with verse here, Isaiah 9, 6. We'll tell a few stories. We'll read a few definitions. We'll pray, we'll go eat burgers. You guys ever go to a restaurant on Sundays, and there's like a forever wait? So, so Kirk, he took us out to dinner last week. He, he is just a superman, uh, literally superman. He, is, uh, he has a heart of gold. I love him. He is so valuable to our ministry. And uh, he may not have a microphone. He may not be leading a cell group. But this man's praying behind the scenes. He's blessing the pastors. And he is just a source of joy to anybody who has contact with him. So I uh, just want to honor you for a minute. You're amazing. Sometimes I'll for recognizing him because he just he loves to be behind the scenes. He does not want to be the forefront of anything. And he always says, is that okay that I'm not like one of those leaders? I was like, you're a leader in your own way. You're a leader, you're a giver, you have a heart of gold, and you are a leader in joy. So, so anyway, he took us out to dinner last week, and I, I got you, we were there for what, like a half hour? And I just started getting really bored. So my, God removed the scales from my eyes. I start seeing people with crutches, and I start seeing people with leg braces. I was like, boom, we're going to have a party here, didn't we? So I was like, hey, sir, 
what do you have a cane for? Because a cane is, to me is an open invitation to release God's goodness, right? You don't always need a word of knowledge. That's just an evident sign that he needs prayer. So anyway, he's talking about his arthritis. God's healing his back, right? We pray for his wife, and she feels something, and she knows that God's gonna, she's gonna wake up completely healed the next day. Then all of a sudden, and I'm just, I'm just, I just noticed this because I was bored. I was like, I've got to do something. The kids were content with, uh, with Nicole I'm sitting over there. Kirk and I are standing. My back's starting to hurt from standing so long. So then I see this, this guy from the University of Dayton. Uh, I find out once I start to get to know him, he's got a, a an ankle brace on. He's like, yeah, you know that. I heard it in football, and I really want to be back on the field tomorrow. I was like, cool, because God wants you to be back on the field tomorrow. It's like, he's really good. He's amazing. He loves you so much. I was like, can I just pray for you? Would that be okay? I was like, we've seen lots of healings. We've seen, I see lots of stuff, and he really loves you. He's like, yeah. He, yeah, that's cool. I was like, okay. I was like, does it hurt when you move it? And all of a sudden, the kingdom of God is being released there. He's starting to feel better. He's like, yeah, it's like 20, 30% better. I was like, cool. And I wasn't going to push too much. And I started to say, you know, if you went to a doctor and you saw a 30% increase or decrease of pain and improvement, I said, you'd celebrate. And the parents are like, yeah, we would. I was like, see, that's how God, good God is. He's just revealing to you about how good he is, and he's increasing your faith, and tomorrow you're going to be on that field. So really excited because we know somebody who goes there who plays on the football team. I'm excited to find out if that kid was able to practice last Monday, but I believe that he was. So, um, so anyway... Um, just releasing the peace of God, that's, that's just what we're called to do. So I just want to read a couple definitions. Uh, peace as a noun in Webster's refers it to tranquility or quiet. I want you to keep track of some of these definitions. Okay? It's, it's tranquility or quiet. Another, and I'll just read through some versions. Freedom from civil disturbance. Everybody say freedom. This is what peace is. This is what Webster's defines peace as. So say quiet. Freedom. A state of security or order within community. Say, say security. security. Freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Say freedom from oppression. Freedom. Harmony in perfect in personal relationships. Say harmony. harmony. Say unity. unity. A state of mutual concord, a pact or an agreement. It's used interjunctionally to ask for silence or calm. Everybody say calm. Okay, the verb sense says this. It says to be, to become, to keep silent or quiet. I really fully believe that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Many of us, we talk twice as much as we're supposed to be listening. So we miss out on a lot of stuff because here we're trying to fix, we're trying to do, we're trying to talk, all this stuff, instead of just be. And it goes for God, too, in our relationship. Here we go to him always asking for things, always talking, always being on that end of it when he's always speaking. It's like a radio station. The radio waves are always there. Now all of a sudden we tune in and now we can hear God. Right? 96.9, Air One is always on the airwaves right now. You can't hear it at this moment, but if we have a radio here and we turn the dial, you're going to pick up the waves because they're always here. God is always speaking. And if we silence everything else going on in our lives and we silence the distractions, all of a sudden we'll begin to hear the voice of the Lord. We'll begin to feel the power of His goodness. Right? So, so anyway, then we go to Strong's. Okay? And I love, I love finding stuff in Strong's. Okay? And it actually says, you know, Shalom means completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfectness, fullness, rest. Harmony, freedom. It's basically everything good. 
It goes on forever and ever on that whole paragraph of a definition of shalom. It's the fullness of the goodness of God. All of it. At once as we experience Him. Okay? So here's the, the other version. I, I think it's Irini. I think it's the other version. It's not shalom, but a different piece. And it's quietness, rest, tranquility. Quietness, rest, tranquility. How many were beginning to feel that as we were praying for people up here and as we began to transition and pray for the diabetes up, you felt a tranquility, you felt a quietness, you felt a rest just sit in the place. It happened a few weeks ago too, I think at the end of, of Blake's message. All of a sudden you felt an atmosphere change, you, he begins to pray for people or different things, all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes and there's complete peace and rest. Many of us weren't even used to maybe how people were being prayed for, people falling out of those things, right? But all of a sudden, there's a peace. You can't explain it. You don't know what's happening, but you feel a peace. See, our understanding and us having to wrap our heads around it and our knowledge is not a requirement for peace and the goodness of God and His Spirit to be released. Right? There's a reason that the flames had to sit on the heads of the people in the upper room. Because God had to heal the minds before the hearts would receive. We want to think everything through. We want to explain it. We want to explain the power of God. We want to explain it out. We feel that we have we serve a God that needs to be justified, argued, and defended. But when perfect peace comes, we don't have to defend Messiah. Right? He'll reveal himself the way each person needs it. We just have to be willing to go there. There's so much peace here, it's actually hard to preach. I'm not joking. I think we could all just lay down and take a nap right now. <laughs> it's really good here. Amen. Wow. Okay. Now, let's just preach a few things here. For unto us, let's go to Isaiah 96 now. And then we're going to go straight into Luke 2.14. I'm going to give you a perception of peace. We're still close out. If people still need prayer, if you don't have this peace, if you don't know about salvation, if you need healing still in your body, you are in the right place today. And we will have people standing by to pray for you and uh, just get to know you and uh, lead you to the Father's love. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I'm going to get back to the government. Luke 2.14, as they're announcing, the angel saying this, and then the group that is announcing, and suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he was brought to the earth to bring peace, to restore peace, right? So Relax. God is peace. We don't have to take things in our own hands because we're trusting that God's got it all under control. So when we trust in Him, right, and lean not on our own understanding, we don't have to lean on our understanding. See, what's happening is the government will rest upon His shoulders, not ours. Many times churches are trying to build their own bodies up, their own organizations up, their own systems up, their own paradigms up. But the Bible says that God will actually rest on, the, on His shoulders. The government of God will rest on His shoulders. And God is waiting for a body to become equivalent to His head. 
and allow ourselves to come in a position for him to be the head over us on his shoulders. Kind of hard to wrap our minds around that, right? The government of heaven will rest upon his shoulders. But right now, the bride just isn't fat enough. The body isn't equivalent to the head that's going to be resting on the shoulders. So he's preparing a bride, he's preparing a body that will actually become equivalent to be able to contain and hold the head of the body, Jesus. But the problem is we're taking things in our own hands. We're trying to fix stuff. We're trying to do things. And we're just not being still, quieting ourselves, quieting our distractions, and being peace. Let's, let's just go just a little further here. He's peace, so relax. Isn't it amazing that every time Jesus did something really radical, like walking through a wall, he walked through the wall, peace be with you. Why do you think you had to say, say that? Because I'd be flipping out. And I'd be spazzing if I just see Jesus or anybody or something walk through that wall. Where'd you come from? Peace be with you. Okay. Right? It's amazing that anytime these situations are happening, my daughter's dead, Lazarus is dead, this person can't see, oh, I just need the hem of your garment. And then one touch, one word. Get up and walk. Open your eyes and see. Right? It wasn't this big debate. It wasn't this thing. He, had, he was releasing peace. And he was so authoritative, he was just releasing peace. Arise, walk. He's telling you what to do because he's already done what he's done. We are waiting for Jesus to continue to die on the cross so we can receive the gift of salvation. We can receive the penance for our sins. We can receive the fullness of the abundance of heaven, right? He's already done it. He's already done what he's done so that we can do what we're going to do. What we're commissioned to do, right? And that is be peace. So he's commissioning us to be peace. Listen, the sandals represent what? In the armor of God, the sandals are what? What are sandals made to do? Go. Sandals are made to go. Sandals are made to walk in. There's a verse in the Bible that says that you actually crush Satan under your feet. Crush fear. Satan, you crush fear under your feet. Because there's peace being released every time you walk and every time you go. And the peace of God is with you. Because he is shalom. Fullness. The whole encompassing thing of God. Shalom. It becomes a greeting. It becomes something that says shalom. I have a lady that sends me an email all the time. And at the end, her greeting is always shalom. Right? Because he's the fullness of God. So anyway, I just want to tell a story and we'll, we'll just close up here in a second. So Jesus is in this boat. I, I kind of talked about this briefly last week. Jesus is in a boat. Chaos is going on. We actually used this in a story with my kids this week. Chaos is happening. And, and at the moment, I think it was last night, actually, we were, we were talking about this with our girls. Olivia's in her bed, one room over, throwing a massive pterodactyl fit. <laughs> ah! When you choose fun, you can come join us. Anybody have anybody, any of your kids ever do that? Yeah. Or am I the only ones that aren't perfect? <laughs> you're the pastor, you're supposed to have perfect kids. My dad was a pastor, I wasn't perfect. <laughs> so all of a sudden, pterodactyl scream, going nuts. Nicole and I are like, 
like hairs raising up. We're like, shalom, peace, right? So we start telling the girls about, as a perfect timing, we start telling them about Jesus in the boat. And we're telling about the wind is coming, the waves are crashing, the, the disciples and everybody in the boat, they're flipping out, they're going crazy. Ah, we're going to die. Ah! Right? And I asked Chloe, I was like, but where was Jesus? He was sleeping. Where at? In the bottom of the boat. Yeah. So Jesus, all this chaos is going on. They literally think they're going to die. And Jesus is sleeping, complete rest, complete quietness in the bottom of the boat. So let's, let's read about it. So let's just quickly go to Mark 4, 35 to 41. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat. So that it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? We are dying here. This is so bad, we're dying. You're sleeping in the bottom of the boat. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Or another version says, he quieted. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you fearful? Listen, so he, he, everybody's being crazy. They're spazzing out. They're thinking they're going to die. And they wake up Jesus. And I don't know if he woke up grumpy or what. Or just so ticked off at him. So after he calms everything down and he, and he tells the storm to quiet, he tells the, the waves to stop and the wind to stop and just be still, then all of a sudden he rebukes the men on the boat. He rebukes the disciples and he rebukes them. And he says this, he says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Why did you need to wake me up? Why didn't you calm the storm yourself? Because the same authority in Luke 9, in heaven and on earth, I give to you. So here he's saying, listen, you can release the peace. You have the power and the authority of me in you. Right? And, and in John, it actually tells us that we are more powerful than he was on earth because he goes to his father on our behalf. So yeah, in John, in a chapter, he says that a series of books can't contain all of what he did on earth. But yet he's saying we can do greater works than he did. So here he's rebuking these guys. He's saying you could have called the storm. Where's your faith? Why are you afraid? I'm here with you, and I'll be with you always. I and you and you and me, we're abiding together. Amen. So then it says, and they feared exceedingly. Okay, yeah, if Jesus reprimanded me, I'd probably be a little more scared too. I'm not going to lie about it. And said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's right. They, they, they obey him. Okay, so Matthew 5, 9 says this. So listen, the authorities in them, so he's sleeping in the bottom of the boat. And, and yes, I can preach on peace being who Jesus is, and I can preach on peace, the shalom, and the fullness of God, and how we can just rest in it. Yes, we can. But I believe that peace is more than an emotion. It's more than something around us. It's more than a feeling, right? It's actually an objective. It's actually an offensive foot because we have the sandals of peace to actually be peacemakers. So in Matthew it says this, it says, in 5.9 it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. 
I'm, I'm going to tie all this together. So peace actually becomes an offensive stance to where we go with our sandals of peace on from a position of rest and from a position of peace. I talked about this during the trust message. And that was the segue. Knowing when to lean forward and knowing when to lean back. Knowing when to lean forward and knowing when to lean back. Because there's those times in the season where we got to go up to the mountain and be, with his, be in his presence. There's those times where we need that alone walk on the beach. There's those times where we need to just be resting in the bottom of the boat and leaning back and being still and knowing that he's God. But then there's those commissioning times where God's saying, pray for the man in the restaurant with the broken ankle. There's those times where release the goodness, release the peace, because blessed are the peacemakers. You're actually called to restore peace in others' lives around you. Blessed are the peacemakers. It's not just for you, but everything God's giving you is for others around you. The mission of this, of this church is to reveal the goodness of God to everyone, everywhere. We get filled up in the first verse, one of the first verses we read, so that we can overflow. I can't give something I don't have. So when I begin to experience the shalom peace of God, now all of a sudden, I am a perfect peace zone wherever I go because it's He that's in me. So all of a sudden now, blessed are the peacemakers because I'm actually called to bring peace where there's hostility. And I'm going to be honest with you, this week was a rough week. There was lots of frogs trying to vomit on me. There was lots of frogs jumping around all over the place. Seriously, all week long. And just craziness happening. And I'm like, I would sit in my office, I'd sit back down, and even our partner, you know, crazy things going on at work and all these other things. And I would sit down and I'd say, okay, it's time. And I would play the song, It Is Well, on one of the new Bethel albums. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well. And I would just play that. Because blessed are the peacemakers. So I was bringing peace into an atmosphere where there was chaos. I wasn't always in that place of peace this week. I, I found myself a few minutes last night not in a place of peace. And I begin to have to check myself a little bit. And then all of a sudden peace come in. I'm open to it. I'm not always peace, but I'm open to it. Because sometimes i got to sort out the natural, sort out, sort out the frustration, sort out me trying to control and manipulate everything. Because I don't want to operate from a place of fear. When you begin to be controlling, it's because you operate from a place of fear. Yeah. But Timothy tells us that for God does not give us a spirit of but of power, love, and a sound mind. He doesn't give us a timid spirit. He doesn't give us fear, but sound mind. I have peace. So then I found the peace, and then all of a sudden, Last night, a few of us, we just started laughing about random things. We're laughing about funny things, even about my mom. We're just laughing because I declared right then, nope, this is not peace, this is fear. I will not be controlling, I will not be operating from fear. I'm a perfect peace zone, now joy will come. Okay. We uh, should come. Let's just do this. God is the Prince of Peace. He's calling us into action. Not just to be in a place of peace, but to release peace wherever we go. Listen, when you become the source of hope, people begin to confide in you. I am loving what's happening in our small groups right now, in our life groups. Our home group is amazing. It's, it's actually one of the funnest things I've done in, in a couple years. It's like 
this is a glimpse of, and we have an amazing church here. We have an awesome church. We have a great culture here. We have a great sense of family here. When you come in these doors, you feel love, right? You feel it's a joyful place to be, and you'll feel peace here. And that's awesome. But what's cool is we're witnessing this on the small level in our home where people are becoming intimate and opening up with their feelings. They're becoming intimate because it's a place of covenant. It's a place where we can trust, where we can feel safe, where we can be in a place where we can share openly and know that no matter what we say, we are not going to be condemned. No matter what we say or do, we are not going to be judged. And no matter what we say or do, we are not going to be put down, belittled, or controlled. And I'm just saying, and this is the model of the church, to where it's a safe place and we celebrate who you are and not stumble over who you're not. You're not just tolerated, you're celebrated. So this is a peace zone because we feel rest and we feel quiet. Jesus was in the bottom of the boat because he felt at complete rest. Because there's nothing that's going to shake him. There's nothing that's going to deter him from the mission. Releasing hope and peace and joy and love. Right? He does it through signs and wonders. He does it through actions. And he does it through the spirit. We don't have to understand everything. But blessed are the peacemakers. Say, I'm a peacemaker. Okay, before they play, we're just going to do some activation. Did everybody like the name game last week? Did you guys like that? If you weren't here, what we did was we traded names. So uh, you wrote your name down long ways, and then the people you traded and you wrote down just encouraging words about each other to the side. Okay, so like Aaron, is it raining? So Aaron would have been like, Awesome, amazing, you know, <laughs> rock star, honest game, on the name of Jesus for him. Anyway, so, so that's, I just love activation. We've already had an altar call. We're not going to leave this place if anybody still wants prayer, if you don't know uh, who Jesus is as Savior, or if you just still need that peace that we're talking about. But blessed are you, the peacemakers. Blessed is me, a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. Okay? So we're just going to practice pressing into peace here. Okay? We're not going to play anything yet. We're just, just going to be silent for a minute here. And I want you, no matter what happens around you, there's chaos happening in the boat. There's wind. There's storms. Okay? There's all these things happening. But where is Jesus? Resting. Just resting in the boat. Just... Okay, so, no matter what happens right now, I just want you to find the peace zone. Okay? We sent the rolls yesterday. Pass out. Could you hit the most annoying key that you have? Matter of fact, all of them at once. Just keep going. Right there, that's perfect. No, seriously, this is practice. This is fun, right? But this is practice. When the kids are crying around you, you literally are tempted to do shake and baby syndrome. <laughs> I, it's not a joke. When I had a baby, 
I finally, I didn't get it, I'm not justifying, it's so wrong for the shaken baby syndrome, okay? But I've come to a place before with, with newborns that you can't, well, no matter what you do, they're crying, and no matter what you do, you feel helpless to be able to help them because they're helpless. And then all of a sudden, you just have to walk away and shut them in a door for 10 minutes, right? Because I can't find a peace zone because that is penetrating me. Okay, I would never do it, and, and, and I, I don't understand, but I, but I understand it. I get it almost. Okay? Not justifying it, so don't get mad at me. Don't be a hater. I'm just saying, if you've been in that place and you've had this, it's like you do want to just pull your head out or hurt something or body slam someone. <laughs> right? So, so we're going to do just a couple more. Is this okay? And just, just find yourself getting into the peace of God. Okay? I love to do fun things. Okay? Can we just have Kenyon like, cry really loud? I, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think Cheryl can probably do a good cry, baby cry voice. Let's just practice all the parents, new parents to be. message talking about the frogs in our life, the plague of the frogs. Ribbit. Ribbit. So those things. Or how about this? How about this one? Why? But why? Why? Come on, the whys in our life can be very frustrating. All the way from people who work for us in our business, to our children, to people who are serving with. Why? Why? Why are there flags on the stage? Why? Why is there art? Why? That's distracting. I, I can't get in a peace zone when I see kids dancing up front. Why? Why is that happening? This is not order in the church. Why? We see distraction. I see where people during worship can't even get into a peace zone because they're distracted with everybody and everything around them. Why? Let's do a couple more here. Your bank account's empty. Where? Your bills are falling behind. Where? And your credit card debt is piling up. Right? Shalom peace. God is a provider. Yeah? I have this nagging pain in my body. I have this nagging pain going on. I can't I can't think straight. My wife has been limping and can hardly get out of bed in the morning. By the time she gets going to bed at night, she, can, she can't walk for, for the last two months now. Shalom, peace. Back pain that goes down to your leg. These things, these nagging things. Tony Camparelli in the hospital for the fourth or something time. What a distraction. Anything that's not peace is a distraction to keep you from peace. Why? Ribbit. Right? There's one more. There's one more. 
things aren't going to work out the way I thought they should work out. Things aren't going to get better. I'm stuck where I am. And the decisions I've made in my past are going to affect me and haunt me the rest of my life. <laughs> Matter of fact, let's just laugh at that. <laughs> let's just laugh at that. Your past does not have to determine your present or your future. It does not have to haunt you. These things that we're talking about, listen, when you want to control things in your life, others' lives, your kids' lives, it just means you're operating from fear. But we trust that God has it all under control, so then we get to experience the love, the agape love, and we get to actually demonstrate it as well then. Then, all of a sudden, we start experiencing joy in our life, and we begin to overflow and become a joy bomb to those around us, and operate a life in commission from a position of peace, rest, and quiet. Stay with me. I, I found this in my, I was cleaning out my bookshelf at home. And um, prior to my mom getting sick, or, or just as she got sick, she came to my fire station. And uh, at this time, I, I was on shift, and I had a partner there. And she's like, Aaron, I want to pray for you. I said, OK. All right, mom. My mom was a type that she grew up in Minnesota, and uh, and I would I would leave for school at 16 years old, you know, get in my cool car, and it'd be 45 degrees out in the morning. Aaron, you need a hat on. You need a stocking hat and gloves on. Mom, it's gonna be 60 today. It's 45. Here's Dad. Just put it on, Aaron. Just just make her happy. Just put it on. Mom, come on. My friends are gonna see me. So I grab the hat, throw it on, mess up my hair, pull out of the driveway and throw up my seat, right? So she's like, Aaron, I want to pray for you. Okay. So it was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me, all right? Well, second weirdest. I was in Dominican Republic and I just preached and it was like 108 degrees in the outside and it was so wretched hot. And this, this man wanted to honor me and Pastor Todd from Bethel and he wanted to pray for us. So the interpreter came up and said, hey, can this, can this man bless you guys? Can he pray for you guys? Absolutely. We would love that. So he's like, okay, just sit down there. And, and he, he goes over to like this suitcase area. He was a percussionist, had all these things. And he pulls out this giant blanket. And, and Todd and I, we're, we're like, we're sitting there like this, just sitting. And then all of a sudden, this guy drapes a blanket over us, like, like a quilted blanket. And then we're like, okay. Jesus. All of a sudden, he pops up right up from under the blanket, like from the floor. Like, whoa! We're like, okay, God, for like 10 to 15 minutes, this guy's just praying over us. And I, I have no idea what he said, but I received it. And I'm just an amazing man. So that was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Prayed over. So hot. But my mom, so, so my mom, I'm just going to use my brother as an example. So I was like, all right, mom, you can pray for me, but. Let's go out to the garage next to the fire truck where absolutely no one will ever see us. So she's like, okay. So she goes out there and she's like praying for me and she's like. It's <laughs> like, thanks mom. And you know, a couple years ago, a year, year and a half goes by and she passed away. And uh, the day she left a card, 
for the last two years I've been looking for this card. I was like, I knew I kept it. And um, so uh, I was sitting on my bookshelf and I popped this card. And uh, tell you what, I'm just gonna read it to you. Maybe. I don't know why I'm saying this today, but I, there's just still a piece here. But on the prayer cloth that she had put in it, it was dated July 17th, and it said, peace, joy, and balance. She knows me. I usually go all in. But anyway, it says this. It says, um, because, you're the because you're in the shepherd's hands, you're in the sunrest care. Because you're in the shepherd's hearts, his love is always there. He is with you, and many prayers are too. You're still our little lamb. Love, Mom and Dad. And the verse that's in it says this. It says, I'm still in your presence. You've taken my hand. You wisely and tenderly led me, and then you blessed me. Psalm 73, 23, 24. We are in God's hands, and He is a good God. No matter what our perception has been about Him, no matter what fear we've had of Him, no matter what we thought that He was just going to condemn us to hell, He's a good God. And we just need to trust in that. I still have no idea why my mom prayed for me like that, except for the only thing I can get right now is that I'll never forget it. <laughs> as long as I live, I will never forget it. I, matter of fact, it took me, it was so weird, it took me a couple years to even tell my wife about it. It's like, yeah, she did something really weird. She was like rubbing my face. I was like, okay, mom. I'm a firefighter here, and my partner might walk in on us at any minute. This is just weird. But my mom was amazing. But there's one thing she didn't understand, and that was rest. And I just remember us kids, we would tend to have this bad habit a couple years ago, and I'm totally closing now. But um, we totally have this bad habit. We'd get in a fight with each other as adults, and then we would race to call mom and dad to tell them about it to get them on our side. That's what we would do. And like, I'd be like, you don't understand what Cheryl did. And, and Mom would be like, Aaron, it's just Cheryl. <laughs> She'd protect her little baby. And, and or no matter who it was, she'd be like, Aaron, it's, it's, it's your dad. It's your dad. You, you know how your dad is. And she just really wouldn't get bent out of shape about that much. And uh, she was just that, that pillar. And, and I believe that she was blessed because she was a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. You're the peacemakers. And when people come to you, they want a perfect peace zone. You ever call that person? And like, I, I've called Pastor Nathan and different people in my life and Leif and talked to my dad before. And it's like, I'm like, you don't understand what it is. It is and this. And, uh. and then all of a sudden you realize what you just did. And you're like, yeah, this isn't that big of a deal. Probably shouldn't have even called you. Yeah. Not not that big of an issue. I'll, or they give you the answer that you already knew. Like, like I would call Pastor Nathan. He just like totally say the obvious. He'd like say like four words, or Pastor Mike has has definitely a gift of wisdom. And you call these types of people and it'd be like, no matter like they'd say, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you got to take care of that. Exactly, yes. It's exactly what I needed to hear. There was like nothing profound at all, but they're a peacemaker. All of a sudden, you just did the frog vomit, and you're just a peacemaker. Blessed are you, you're the peacemakers. People bring you stuff, you're bringing them hope. 
You're allowing them to see the trust of God they can have so they can experience the love, joy, and the peace of themselves through Jesus. God, I just, I thank you for this day and I thank you for how amazing you are. I thank you that we trust in you. We trust in you, God. And, and Lord, we just, we begin to experience your love so that we can demonstrate it. God, we are in love with you. We are passionately pursuing you. You are a God in love. God, you are love. So let us be love. God, let us experience the fullness of your joy. Let the joy of our salvation return. Let us have fun, God. Let us, let us not quarrel. Let us not see the faults in each other, God. Let us not dwell on that, God. But let us celebrate each other because love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not boast, God. God, we just declare right now the, the first Corinthians 13 definition of love over this place right now. So we can experience joy because you are the, the root of joy. We're not just talking happiness here, God. But God, right now, we just release your joy. In you is the fullness of joy. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And God, right now, we just, we release, we've experienced today, we've witnessed the atmospherical change of shalom peace. So bless us, God, to be the peacemakers. To be the peacemakers. To be peace. To be peace. God, you, we are your beloveds. And you're teaching us, just like the Webster's definition was, to be quiet, to be tranquil. God, let us right now be loved. Let us be loved. Let us be joy. And let us be peace. And let us be your beloved sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. Hey, have an amazing week. Get in a life group if you're not in one. We love you. Thank you for joining us on these four weeks. If you missed any week, get it on video. Lots of fun stuff happening. Love you all.